from depression to diabetes to obesity and addictions. Our medical problems are climbing and are now at epidemic rates. This is why I started this podcast, Your Health Transformed, to educate you, to teach you, so we can all learn how to combat these increasing medical problems and live well again and become transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, bariatric surgeon, and have seen these medical problems and treated them firsthand. I am now on a journey to help transform health, not just band-aid it. So thank you for listening and going on this journey with me and all of my guests on Your Health Transformed. I'm really excited to have on the show today CEO and founder George with Basis. He's the CEO and founder of Basis, and I'm very curious being a techie to find out more about this company. So welcome to the show, George. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So tell me, okay, tell me kind of big picture first about Basis, and then I'm curious like how you got there. So go ahead. Mm. Yeah. So on a, from a big picture standpoint, we, we have a big conviction that over the next decade, uh, user-generated health content or health data will become how we make our primary health and wellness decisions. We have continuous data being collected. Um, so today that's predominantly wearable data. So yeah. our big bet is our big, our big um, uh, vision is that wearable data has this massive potential that is untapped today. And then going down, going down the road, finding ways to package that information and organize it so that uh, general practitioners and other health experts uh, and health professionals can have fast and quick ways to to engage with patients without having to spend hours, you know, going and processing through data. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. High level, we, we basically build bases to help you make daily personalized wellness decisions based on what's actually going on in your own body. So there's this old adage of like, listen to your body. But the Correct. cool thing is that now we have wearables that we can actually have an objective way to listen to our body. So we're trying to demystify that, decode that in a way that makes sense to people. Things like resting heart rate aren't intuitive, right? Your blood pressure isn't intuitive, but helping you understand exactly how um, what, what's going on with your body at this specific moment, and I can give examples, um, is yeah. what we're trying to get to making intuitive enough so that people know how to use this information to improve their lifestyle and, uh, and their decisions they make every day. Okay. So for example, there's all these like wearables. So there's the Apple watch, the Samsung watch. Anyways, there's all this stuff. Okay. And then, so how do people use base? So if I, and I'm an Apple watch user. And so how would I use basis for, for my watch, for example, how would that work? So, so you need to have a wearable and, you know, luckily when it's based, one in five Americans now have a wearable and that's doubling over the next couple of years. So that's great. Yes, um, of course. Basis is a, is a companion app to whatever, you know, whatever wearable you have. Almost, we, we support almost every wearable already. So okay. wearing, um, Fitbit, uh, Apple Watch, yeah. et cetera. Um, so the way it works is we're continuously receiving data from your wearable. And then so we're we have to download the app first. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and today we're available on iOS and we're launching Android um, in the next couple of months. Okay. But um, yeah, the, so the app syncs. In, uh, you have to give us permission to okay. with your wearable and your Apple Health at this point. Uh-huh. And we continuously, 24-7, we're looking at data and we're trying to give you value from, from that data. 
Um, so similar to how, it, so your, your watch is getting things like your heart rate. It's getting things Correct. like uh, your sleep, your activity levels. But we're extrapolating many more um, biological functions and, and things that may have context around your day from that same day. And then you say you personalize that. So how does that work? So so I use my watch, like I work I work out, I'm like a workout-aholic. And so there's data, for example, that's going to go to you and say her heart rate's high, but that may just be because I'm working out or who knows, you know what I'm saying? So when you get all the data, heart rate, blood pressure, and all this other stuff, how, how then do you kind of regurgitate some of this information back to the person that's using your app? Yes, and that's actually the that's actually the toughest part. How do you make it intuitive and useful for someone, right? Because yeah. that's that's actually the big problem we're trying to solve. Not only are we are we identifying more use cases around that same data, but also how do we make it valuable for people? Because, you know, that's why people even stop using wearables. They're like, uh, I already know how much I sleep. I don't need this wearable anymore. <laughs> I know how many steps I do every day. It's not valuable for me anymore. Um, so I'll give you some examples. Um, yeah. One co- very core biological function we have as humans is the circadian rhythm. Um, so yeah. chronotypes, etc. There's all, the, all, all there's many things, but uh, from a from a very um, from a health standpoint, being in sync with your circadian rhythm. So th- what time you should go to sleep, what time you should eat, um, when you have the most energy, super yeah. important in, in, in getting the most out of your day. Um, so for example, we try to um, we we uh, tell you exactly what times in the day you're going to have your most energy to uh, to the time that you want to work out. Yeah. Other biological functions, we can project what your hunger, like biologically, your hunger just um, goes uh, linearly uh, up throughout the day. So we can help you understand, you know, when you're trying to find ways to understand why, even if you eat, you know, a big lunch, like you still might be hungry later, right? Like there's some things that are just happening biologically in your body um, that we can uh, use the, the the data around what does your day look like to help you understand what's going on in your body and why your body is responding this way. Stress really? response. Yeah, stress so, response as well. Yes. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, I, I want to know about that too, but just so I can understand, because yes. this is what the audience. So, so, okay, circadian rhythm, I think a lot of people understand that. How, so your wa- a watch, a wearable, that mm-hmm. tracks that? I don't even know if I knew that tracked it. And then how will you know based on my watch when my peak energy level is, for example? Yeah, good question. So, so the watch itself doesn't have a, a, a data point that says circadian rhythm. That's that's something we create. Now, how we create that, among other things, we're looking at uh, your sleep. So, multiple things around sleep, and we're yeah. looking at your activity levels, and then we're looking at uh, your recovery from sleep. So, it's a it's a multivariable um, uh, model that essentially is trying to find. What kind of formulation of all these things creates your optimal day? Like, when do you feel okay. the best? What is more in sync? And also, to some extent, if you, it, you can, this can change over time, right? Like, so yeah. exa- it won't be the exact same day every day, every day. And you can dramatically change it if you dramatically change your hours. So let's say you want to be from a night owl to be an early bird. You can in, in push yourself to have um, a different chronotype. But yeah. um, the, the the way this works is, you know, most people will have, um, an early, an early, like a day peak. So you'll have some initial surge of energy, um, within an hour of waking up uh-huh. uh, that continues to peak for about an hour or so. And then it starts going down. So like you have some kind of, um, you know, midday, uh, dip. So you're not yeah. as energetic. And then as you move throughout, throughout the evening, you get another energy boost. Now, 
for someone like me, I, I tend to have kind of later hours. So for me, my energy peak might be at 9 p.m., which might be you know confusing some people. But like if you sleep at 10 p.m., like that might be a 6 p.m. peak, which sounds more more reasonable yeah. with what we think about. Um, so by optimizing for the times that let's say my workout when I have the most energy, I actually get to get get more um, intensity out of my exercise. Or when I'm trying to do my deep work, my focus productivity time, if I do it in an energetic time, I'm not going against the friction with my my natural biology of trying to force myself to, to concentrate and, and actually get some output done. So it really helps you understand why, when, why you're successful at different times in the day and how to get yourself to be more successful with the things you want to do in your day. Yeah. So I would say this is where your proprietary info comes in then. So for example, because the wearables don't track that stuff, you guys basis is creating based on the input from the wearables, Correct. like these different points, like the circadian rhythm, like what this person normally does. And then based on what this person does on a routine basis, based and, and based back by science, we can kind of predict when their peak energy, when their best focus time is, is, is essentially that's what you're saying. So you input all the data. So for example, I my watch knows when I'm going to sleep and then my watch knows when I work out, typically, it's usually mm -hmm. between the same time. And then and, and when I wake up, so all that information. And for people who input food, you know, in the times, you guys also collect that data. And then based on like a trend in this particular person, you guys create almost like a circadian rhythm around those actions. Is that correct? That, that, yeah, for the most part. So there, there's there's some nuances. There, so there's outliers, there's certain things, but that's that's... Yeah. That's correct. Like the, the data is collected from the wearables. They don't do these things. We do. This is this is part of like our AI algorithms. And first, this is the personalization component that comes in. Correct. Correct. And then and then so you when people use your app and they've had all this kind of information in, do you send nudges like through the, the app to the to the user? How does it work? Like. Yeah, we, we have uh, we have some interesting uh, accountability and uh, you know um, kind of engagement methods, notifications, or we even uh -huh. use calendar actually. So so we found that you know for people who want to be more accountable and and build a better habit, when you put something in your calendar, um, it actually makes you more likely to you know commit to making it uh, at that time. So let's say people who want to increase their activity level. Yeah. Um, so we have a calendar integration. We get to do a couple of things. We get to see, are you available? You know, what time are you even available? Maybe you, you have to leave work, right? And then we get to uh, book a time at a, uh, for, for the length of, of time that makes sense for you specifically. So 30 minutes, an hour, depending on what makes yeah. sense for the specific person. Um, and then throughout the day, we'll, get, we'll send you nudges. Like, for example, there's things that might influence even your, your time to fall asleep. So when you have coffee, we'll let you know when to stop drinking coffee um, so, that you, so that you can avoid kind of like having an influence with your sleep start time. We'll let you know when it's time to wind down, uh, to stay within your optimal sleep time. If we see that you're getting stressed, we'll send you a nudge like, hey, you might be getting stressed. And I think you mentioned this, by the way. Um, so your heart rate might be going up, but maybe you're working out. So it's like a multi, we look at, are you active right now? Is there something yeah. else going on? And then we, um, then we decide if it's a stress, possibly stress related, uh, response. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And then, so the users gets kind of all this feedback through your app on things that they can do to almost like optimize their day based on the input that their wearable gave to you guys. 
Right. And the cool thing is that I think most people, when they buy a wearable, they're trying to personalize their health and fitness journey. Yeah. I don't think the wearables really do that unless you really get the data points. Like you have to be an elite athlete or like have a health background to understand how to put HRV and resting heart rate and, you know, a number of these other data points into context. Right. So what we've really tried to do is how do we use all that amazing information in yeah. a way that makes sense to the to, to like the day-to-day person or like to, to everybody so they can improve their lives the original intention of why they even purchased the wearables to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then, so as a provider, now we'll switch to that. Like I'm curious to how in the future, right? Cause I also believe tech, this digital health is going to be the future of health. How will this be packaged or given to a provider, for example, and or useful? Yeah. So uh, one example is, I mean, I think we're already seeing a big move towards like their CPT codes that allow, uh, you know, providers to to monetize remote monitoring sessions. Yes. Uh, one of the big gaps we've seen is, you know, bad adherence. So, you know, post visit, there's really bad adherence. We get we end up having bad readmissions rates, terrible readmission rates, actually um, looking into the reasons why people do those things. Um, it has to do with uh, they fall off track. They don't really know what they're supposed to do on a day by day basis. So. There's, we've actually had discussions with uh, some health practitioners about creating some kind of collaborative effort to like for their patients. Yeah. Um, so post visit, let's help them get on a track according to like a, this personalized model. But also, I think the, the the interesting thing with providers is they can, if we can structure this information for them and let them know when a person is falling off track, they can jump in, um, provide value to the to the patient, um, not have to spend all that time that they don't have to understand the data and, and, uh, you know, you know, revisit what's been happening with the patient. And, you know, as a bonus, they get to make additional uh, money that isn't available if you're only doing in-person visits. I think there's CPT codes that cover $60 um, uh, payments for a five minute remote monitoring session. Okay. So when you talk about the provider information, so you're also talking about stuff like maybe getting blood pressure, getting, um, maybe blood sugar reports from these wearables because and not just an activity report are you kind of talking about a little bit of everything i think you know moving forward the the amount of data points um can expand to many things we've we've definitely done quite a bit of work with glucose as well Um, blood pressure hasn't gotten to the point where there's enough we're we're, i'll put another caveat we're really focused on passively collected data points so Things like your heart rate, your sleep, those are things that you don't yeah, have to okay. take an action to collect. Um, yeah. The reason we're bullish on that is because we think moving, f- first of all, from a human design standpoint, humans are just more reliable when something is just collected irrespective of, you know, relying on them. We get That's busy, true. we get tired, you know, we forget the battery runs out, whatever. So things that we can, pa- things that are passively collected, we can, we can trust better. Um, yeah. So blood pressure We'll actually, it's coming to many wearables in the next couple of years. So that's a point where we'll, we'll start putting a big emphasis on that. It's a great data point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are things that we can essentially take the work from, we can take that work and, and package it in a way that it makes, empowers the provider, you know, whether it's a, a GP, whether it's a specialist, um, yeah. whether it's, you know, even, even within the health coaching space, right. There's some functions there that we can support. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and I think generally the we we've already done some re- really interesting uh, models with respect to cardiovascular risk. 
So we can see oh, based on based on your, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so based on based on just cardiovascular um, function, uh, looking at obviously there's there's many models out there for arrhythmia. Um, so there's a lot of yeah, interesting. Okay. There, but what we're trying to do is, um, uh, as a first step, we're trying to see can we can we identify things in a person's um, activity and and their wearable data that suggests that they might be at risk for something. We don't want to be the doctor, right? We yeah. don't want to be the one that says you have something. But we do want to take the responsibility of notifying you if something seems off. Yeah. Um, so there's things like, you know, on a, on a more wellness and lifestyle standpoint, we've already built in things like burnout. Um, so kind of tracking kind of risk, burnout risk. Yeah, um, it's cool. But it's, it, it, it is like a, a lifestyle related, um, you know, condition. Yeah. And, and things like cardiovascular risk. Um, so notifying you that there's something off uh, and it might be good to contact your, you know, GP. Um, yeah. and discuss about doing a specific test. So depending on the condition, we, we might direct a specific test. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's neat. That, that's that's really interesting. Like, I honestly, I haven't heard of this before. Every, and wearables have been out for a little bit now. So I really think packaging it into something that's a little bit more useful just on natural behaviors. I'm really big into natural behaviors because you actually yeah. made a good point. Once people start to have to like, input stuff, then it can get kind of, you know what I'm saying? And so naturally being able to pick up heart rate, heart rhythm versus somebody taking it and then their demeanor change. And it may be different than if it was just naturally kind of picked up. So no, I definitely agree with that. So what made you kind of get into this field? Uh, I've been in healthcare in one way or another or health and wellness in one way or another since I was a kid. My family was in healthcare um, I grew up as a track and field athlete. Yeah. Um, I competed for my national team. Then for uh, USC, for NCAA, I spent yeah. two years in the army. Um, and then I, my first project I ever did out of school was um, uh, I built a, I worked on a pacemaker. So super, you know, complete other end of the spectrum, like medical yeah. device, uh, as life preservation as it gets, right? Um, and one thing that came out of that, though, as exciting as it was to build a pacemaker was just going around the hospitals, I went to uh, Torrance, UCLA Torrance, um, and we spoke with um, a number of surgeons. And one of the surgeons was, he mentioned that he had just completed in, in his second week coming from Houston, uh, mm -hmm. he had completed 14 amputations in that week alone. And yeah. these were for like, you know, metabolic related conditions, right? Yeah. So yeah. That to me was like, okay, great. We're working on something that supports people when an, an, an adverse event happens. But there's just so much stuff like th their quality of life will be impacted irrespective. Great. You can put a pacemaker, Correct. but your quality of life is already affected. You'll never Correct. get back to what it was. So it, it made me really want to get back into how do, can I influence people's lives before, before. the chronic yeah. illness gets to the point where it needs repair. Um, so the next thing I worked on, um, we, during the pandemic, um, I worked with, with my team on a home testing system. So it was more like a diagnostic system, basically. Um, yeah. And that was great as well in the sense that you can enable people to have very quick diagnostics when they're aware that there's something going on. And we, yeah. um, no, that was, that was a, a very, a, a great product. But again, I felt we're still not at the proactive level. We're not at the point where we can enable people to know that something's off or to empower them to make better healthy decisions. We're still getting to the point of like just supporting them when they realize something is off. Right. 
Um, yeah. I ended up, you know, during, during this period, I also lost uh, two people in my life um, to, you know, my, my stepfather and my father-in-law within five oh. days. Both of oh. them passed away from an instant heart attack. It was, it was just like, I don't oh. even know the, the chances of something like that happening. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that really got me um, um, uh, agitated about the situation was also that they had both completed an annual exam. They passed. They were like yeah. given, you know, the green light. You're, you're great. Like you can go live on your life. As you, wow. as you want. And there was no nothing, like no warning, no nothing. Yeah. Oh. No warning. They were given the, the, the a clean bill of health. Correct. And of course, again, in no way am I trying to blame the medical system. I just want yeah. to make it clear. I just think, I think it's a matter of technological advancement. We need to take what's, what's available to us. Um, yeah. And I really think that um, our, our quality of life, our health span and our lifespan can be significantly enhanced the more we can empower kind of like this continuous real time feedback system. Yeah. Um, we just don't have the capacity, like the medical system just doesn't have the capacity to support us for minor things, yeah. but minor things are what turns into major things. Correct. And our daily decisions are what creates even those minor things. Yeah. Um, and I honestly believe there's not, there's no person that doesn't want to be healthier, uh, yeah. whatever healthy means for them. Right. Uh, but I don't, I think there's a, you know, health literacy is a big issue. Um, yeah. Understanding, um, how to use this wearable data is is a huge issue. And that's where the genesis of all this uh, came about. Yeah. No, I think that's a great story. I think that's perfect because you're right. Like, even, even as a provider, we can only see so many people in a day. Like, even me getting into tech, everything's about scale. Like, how can we scale and help and reach more people? That's what this is all about. And and I'm big like you on prevention, right? By the time they they see me as a surgeon, it's it's kind of too late. I was one of the ones that did those amputations because of diabetes or because of vascular disease. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But usually by the time they get to a surgeon, it's you know what I'm saying? It's it's you know, yeah. 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 And, no, and, I agree. There's no, um, I mean, once once it gets to that point, it's not your health span, your your quality of life, quality is of life. but also your your outcome in terms of your willingness to live the life is also influenced, right? Like there's just there's just so many this this like this domino effect, um, and it's so controlled to like we have the power to to influence this um, pretty significantly, and I think uh, yeah, I'm excited about the potential. One 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 little tidbit here is. Yeah. I look at wearable, wearables today in the same way as mobile was about 15 years ago. It was barely getting started. Yeah. We can't imagine not having mobile mobile devices today. Yeah, Smart exactly. <laughs> like in how many things are we, how much more capable are we from a technical standpoint, right? Let's not discuss, you know, social uh, yeah, influences yeah, yeah. Um, like than we were 15 years ago. Yeah. So while wearables, you know, they're, they're growing so fast, Google, yeah. Apple, Amazon, um, Samsung, everyone's getting in, in the space. They're saying it's a, a great, a, one of their fastest growing categories. We're looking at, you know, in two years, one in three Americans will have a wearable. Yeah. Now, the cool thing is passively, without them having to do anything, we have all this wealth of health data. And that's yeah. incredible. Like why, you know, I, I can't, um, I can't imagine how, how incredible um, we can how how much influence we can have on the average person's uh, uh, quality of life yeah. uh, just using the same data that, that's already been collected. Yeah, I agree. And this is where CGM, continuous glucose monitoring, right. which came out a couple of years ago in the provider world, because I do cardiometabolic surgeries, is huge. You know what I'm saying? We love it because 
all the, the patient doesn't have to do anything except wear it and go about their daily lives and eat their regular food. Um, and then we are constantly getting input and data. So I think what you're doing is great. And I also agree that even though as the provider, I'll get data for my patient's CGM, they may not know what's going on though. And so having something like what you're doing to almost also kind of push to them, hey, this number is good or this number. I mean, some people don't even know what number is good and what number is bad. And then if it's if it is, what do I do with that information, right? Without being able to call and pick up your provider. I mean, we can't always, or they ask the way, oh, I see them in two weeks. Well, who knows what may happen in those two weeks? I definitely think it's the wave of the future. I'm all about digital health. I think it definitely can not only expand access to people who otherwise wouldn't have access, but I think it can improve health and it's scalable. So now I can help you put make comments. These are the numbers when you see this and to be able to nudge this person who's wearing this, hey, this is what this means. I think it'd be great. And I'm glad you guys are working with the providers because this is something that we all can see beneficial on what would we want to tell patients in the event we get these readings and we were, but we're not actually talking to the, you know what I'm saying? Just things to look for, things to do. So I think this is a great technology. Thanks so much. And, and I think from a provider standpoint, I think the, the, the thing that humans are particularly well equipped to do is come up with creative solutions out of the box thinking, yeah. uh, understand things that aren't, you know, understand unique situations and having to do data processing, right? Or like trying to crunch, like what's been happening in your life for the last three weeks has yeah. just so many limitations. Number one, you have to trust that the person remembers that yeah, they're going to exactly. tell you the truth, that you have the time to do that. And it's just Correct. not perfect. So it's almost like we're lifting uh, both the provider's uh, output and, yeah. and the patient's outcomes, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree. I 100% agree. Well, I'm excited to see what your company is going to do, Basis. We will put all the information in our show notes. Thank you so much, George, for being on the show and explaining this. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I hope this message continued to empower you and inspire you to continue on your health transformation journey. Thank you for listening and please subscribe or download if you like what you're hearing. The goal is to continue to inform you and educate you as you transform on your healthcare journey and show you different paths to take in order to get you to your goal. Until next time, thank you.